All right, welcome to episode number 30 of The Rink Shrinks. We got a great episode planned for you, the mailbag episode. We talk about some pickleball. We got some Twitter polls, some youth hockey, some skill development. Mots, what do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, what's up? What's going on, eh? Not too much. Excited to get this mailbag going, and we uh, we got some good questions just uh, was in the rink a couple times this week. I know I was talking to my brother today, and, you know, it's good to take some time away, but that transition back into the rink, into the mode, it's getting closer and closer because we got a tournament coming up at the uh, around uh, Labor Day, so at the end of the month, and let's uh, get back into the grind a little bit. So, you know, and it's just funny because, like, you're not in the mode, you know, you're on the golf course a lot or you're doing whatever away from the rink, and then once you get into it, it's, it's kind of uh, – you know, that's all I want to do, really. You know, yeah, it's fun, fun to get dialed back in. I mean, I like how you actually take the golf course to the rink, too, with the cleats. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Uh, so, you, you know, you still feel you're, you're still in, in golf mode, but you're, you're easing your way back into it. Well, it's a transitional period. Yeah, right? I'm in yeah. the rink, but I'm still kind of holding on to that golf course. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I you know it is crazy where, you know, we're here. It's episode 30 it's and we're into august already which is completely uh, before you know it the summer is uh is way too short here in boston that's for sure especially with the weather that we've had yeah i mean like i've said before it would be nice to have a job that you can be wrong 50 percent of the time and still have a job you know those weathermen can can really mess it up but anyway the weather itself has has been kind of crummy and you know it's uh, been hit or miss, but um, you know the grass is looking good because it's getting some rain. So <laughs> can't complain about that on that end. It's tough to mow though when it's so thick because of it, all this grass. Yeah, it grows extra extra fast. But you know, you, you mow it both ways, and you, you know you'll you'll take your time on it. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to give out private lessons in that department. Forget about hockey. The uh, it's upsetting a lot of people I know about the no cots with all this rain. I was talking to buddy Kenny McDonough. We're playing in the Fallon Cup next week together, and he's all uh, – we were supposed to play tomorrow, and he's like, it might be cot pass, you know, no cots, and all upset. I'm like, dude, a little exercise never hurt, you know? Yeah, get out there and hoof you in your own back. Grab a, a push cot never never killed anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say the, at Wally, like I I used to make uh, fun of my buddy there, Robbie Donovan, with the uh, push cot. I'm like, what? How old are you? You know, you're getting up there in age. But then I kind of took the plunge, and the push cot is kind of a nice little tool out on the course if you have to walk the uh, walk the course. You know, you're not lugging it over the shoulder. And yeah, we we were push cotters a couple weeks ago too. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Definitely getting a little, a little tired, but. We got through it. Any uh, hockey news you want to talk about? I thought, you know, it was really cool to see um, Pierre-Luc Dubois from Winnipeg is going to be changing his number to 80 next year to uh, honor his former teammate, Maddie Kivlenix, um, who was the goalie that tragically passed away. But just a, 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 you know, great move by a former teammate and hockey guy. Yeah, I think that's a class move. You know, it just shows, um, you know, the the, uh, the depth of, the uh, relationships that you form, even though you're not on the team anymore. And, you know, just to honor him. And um, I think that was just a really nice move by uh, Pia Luke. So congrats on, on making that move. And, you know, that's one way that he can honor him uh, moving forward. Yeah. And I know we haven't talked uh, 
a lot of you know we don't we 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 tend to stay away from the NHL stuff, but it was you know a lot of interesting moves this off off season. Anything that catch your eye? Obviously, Kretschy, uh going back to the Czech Republic. I know some uh, Bruins fans were going to be upset with that, but I was um, you know I, I think hopefully it's an exciting time for one of our former guests, Charlie Coyle, and he can slide up there and really contribute and have a uh, a strong season. I, you know he's an unbelievable person, great play. I hope he can. Uh, pick up some of that uh, those those points that we got so used to Kretschy for the past 14 years you can talk to him about the the Bruins loss in the locker room as, as a former teammate of yours yeah so Kretsch was um you know obviously a great player but he you know he was just under he was not it wasn't undervalued by his his team or his teammates but from the from the fans' point of view, he was getting paid a lot of money. Not his fault, but at the end of the day, you know they would expect more. But he was just so talented and patient with the puck, you know, on the ice, and he could elevate his game come playoff time as well. And he was somewhat of a mismatch nightmare for some teams because you know, everyone's trying to key in on the top line. But he never had a real, true, you know, steady uh, winger you know, that he could kind of lean on and where they could rotate someone else through or they or have two winners. Yeah, I mean, ever since Horton and, and mm-hmm. Luchik, that line was was pretty dynamic. But after that, he really hasn't had anybody. Exactly. So when Taylor Hall had, you know, his stretch there, you know, down the um, you know the regular season and into, into the playoffs, you could see all of a sudden, you know, the creativity, the give and goes and how he can <laughs> distribute the puck was, was amazing. Um and he was my roommate on the road uh, a couple couple trips that when I was with the uh, the Bruins and he's a great great guy great sense of humor you know you don't really think of you know euros and checks having you know like a quirky sense of humor or like get the sarcasm because of the you know maybe the the language the accent yeah, yeah the, the accent yeah. but uh he was spot on with with some of the humor and he's just a great person to be around and you know he's he's going back for i think all the right reasons i'm sure he could have you know played outside of boston here in the nhl but um you know he's i mean he he could have played anywhere i would think i mean he's still a a, a good player right yeah and i i think he made the the decision you know you know i'm sure they offered him maybe something to stay but i don't know the uh, inner workings of it but going back home to play in front of his his family and you know have his kids be settled um i can speak from personal experience that that was um, a really big factor in um you know kind of kind of hanging them up you know for me getting back home and getting the kids settled and just uh, you know back at home and that was you know in the u.s and i was playing here but you know being from a different country and getting back and and having that luxury of being in front of your family and friends um i wish them the best and you know, I, I shot him a message and, uh, you know, hopefully we keep in touch, but wish, wish Krejci the best heading back home. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The, uh, I was speaking of, uh, of great players. I was just over my sister's house and, uh, it's her, her twin. So I got to give them a shout out, Maeve and Owen. They're turning two uh, tomorrow, which will be Friday. And, uh, Friday the 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 sixth, so there'll be two. And the house is madness. They have a soon to be four year old. I got quickly called out because my sister and her husband Bobby they called me out because I called their older boy like six the other day, and 
One when they like under five, I just have no idea. Them just, but he seems like he's been around forever. But it's the twins' birthday, and my sister was going out. She's in her championship game. She's in a women's league. The the so we're talking about the skill level of this this league that she's in. The goalie's seventy two years old. She's like having a couple beers before the game. I'm like, oh, you guys take this really seriously, huh? <laughs> but it was absolute comedy. Like one of my. Uh, my younger cousins plays with there and a bunch of girls. I think like Mikey Ryan's wife. There's a whole like crew of them. And it's just, it's, uh, she, she knows what she's doing, but she's like popping out of the house at eight o'clock. Like, yeah, I got a game, like talking like she's going to play at the garden or something. <laughs> then her husband's trying to, poor Bobby's trying to get the kids to get bed. He's got two year olds that just had about 14 cupcakes a piece, like all hopped up on sugar. And he's trying to put them to get to bed. And so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Waiting for the uh, the the updated text on how the their team names the Clydes, which is hilarious. Uh, on how they how they did, my my mother ended up taking uh, my kids and my brother's kids over to uh, to the game. So I'm I'm patiently waiting here. I'm like watching the ticker. You know? well, yeah, we get some live updates. We get some live updates. I did. My son just sent me a video. It's uh, yet safe to say it's not the not the best hockey. Uh, the, the, not the best video footage. Up oh, three nothing. Clyde's Clyde's are getting dominated. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been at the birthday parties. Uh, you know, he, my son's calling out the goalie. So the, <laughs> <laughs> he might need a hop. In, he might need a hop in net. This uh, poor seventy-two year old. She's probably a you know grandmother at twelve. <laughs> oh, that's classic. All right, what do you say? Let's uh, enough it, of the Clyde's. Let's get into the mailbag here. Yeah. Well, before we do, I just like to give a, a shout out to uh, one of my high school buddies uh, from Thayer Academy. He's out in California, Jeff Javis. Uh, good Winthrop kid from back here. Uh, we just wanted to thank him and his buddies uh, at the Isoplex in Simi Valley for listening. He uh, sent a message and said that uh, they're enjoying the podcast. So we appreciate the support from the, the left coast. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Uh Nice to get a, a, a guy from Winthrop down to the South Shore, a nice little prep school, and now he's out in Cali living the life, but that's great. Uh, definitely, we appreciate them listening out there and spreading the spreading the good world. And, and you know, it's funny, we, we've talked about it, but the, the growth of hockey over the last 10, 15 years, I mean, hockey in California and Arizona and those other, you know, southern states and Dal- and Texas and stuff is – it's it's awesome to see the, the the talent that's coming. So good luck to all the um, the kids that are playing out there too. I'm sure they're excited, and I'm glad we're helping them. Uh, you know, trying to guide them down the down the right path a bit. Uh, another thing, Mott, I want to talk about too, which you know, and this is we, a lot of times we talk about managing expectations and things like that. But I, it was just an interesting tweet that 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 I saw, and it was from Penny Alexiak, whose brother. Um, Jamie is it Jamie that was in Dallas and now yeah. is in Seattle. Yeah, he played um, at Northeastern. Yep, yeah, big boy. Um, so she she just Googled, you know, this is after she won a a, a medal as a, a swimmer for for Team Canada in the Olympics, and uh, she just Googled Canada's most decorated Olympian, and my name came up. I want to thank that teacher in high school who told me to stop swimming and focus on school because swimming wouldn't get me anywhere. That is what dreams are made of. Um, and she's, I think she had just won her seventh medal, um, in, in swimming at the, uh, summer Olympics, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And it just kind of talks to, you know, we, we, we talk about kind of managing expectations, like you said, but you know, for younger kids and 
you always want to have those dreams, right? And those hopes and, and the believability that you can attain any goal that you put your mind and, and effort into. So, you know, that's an interesting tweet that, you know, a high school, you know, teacher who's in the position of kind of trying to help sculpt uh, individuals kind of would kind of uh, try to derail her from, you know, something that she's probably very passionate about back then as well. So, I mean, she must've been if she's a seven time Olympic Olympic medalist. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, but yeah, so that, that's just one kind of like the the message that we would have would, you know, just, you always want to have some, um, some dreams and hopes and aspirations to, you know, play in the NHL and, you know, and, and play as far as you can. That's really the the point. I wanted to play in the NHL and go to Harvard and be a carpenter. You know, those, those are all, those are all, I remember writing them down in like first grade. You know? One for three is not bad. Yeah, I know, right? It'll get you in the Hall of Fame in baseball. <laughs> Good you point. Know? Good point. But the, uh, no, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing that, that we talk about with the show too is that came that was her inner drive and she found that tool and that motivation for her to, you know, and, and channeled it and became Canada's most decorated Olympian, which is awesome. It didn't come from her parents forcing it down her throat and beating them up and, and or beating her up. And, um, you know, obviously her brother's playing in the NHL. So I'm sure their parents guided them properly, uh, but it wasn't coming from, from mom and dad, forcing them to to do it right it came from from themselves they had that it was it was them they had that fire in their belly and you know we want everybody we encourage everybody to dream big and you know go out and and you know have you know set goals set dreams and you you know you have to be the one that goes out and internally you know motivate yourself to go do it it can't be mommy and daddy um leading you to the rank and and you know doing it all for you yeah exactly we've we've kind of hammer that home in, in different topics, but that's that's exactly the the point behind it and have that internal burning desire to be the best you can be at whatever you're doing. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to ask you about, Motson, obviously you played at at the the highest level, but you know, it was an article by Justin Bourne who's I know he's on um TV up on in Canada. I think it's Sportsnet and you know you see him on the uh, NHL network for on that noon to two show the talk show that they do but he does a great job covering the nhl and everything but he talks about how jerks can impact um a team and you know i know i can talk to it uh at, at the youth hockey level and you know as well as in in, in my career but will you ever you know probably we've, we've, we've seen things like evander kane and tony d'angelo and guys like that they've been kind of making headlines in in the last few you know week or so here um but have you you know come across any guys that that you know, I guess my question would be that really just, you know, put themselves before the team and it was just a bad, it was a bad fit. And, and, you know, like, like he said, if you're a jerk, it can really, it can really hurt your team. It really can. Yeah. I, you know, coming from college to pro, there was a kind of learning curve for me because it went from, you know, everyone pulling in the right direction for, the right reason to, you know, to your job, you know, there's jobs on the line and, um, you know, you, you, you saw a little bit more selfishness more than guys being jerks. But, um, you know, I, I, I know one player in particular, that I was, I was just amazed at how, you know, he was like an unbelievable guy that, you know, he was just out, out for his, himself at times, you know, but he was a goal scorer and he just loved to score goals. And, mm-hmm. He wasn't, 
I wouldn't call him selfish, but you need selfish guys around the net. You need guys, different skill sets. So I wouldn't call, you know, none of the guys that I'm talking about would be jerks per se. I never really played with a true jerk that really disrupted a team, like one guy. Um, you know, there's there's been instances where, um, you know, certain guys didn't fit into the, say, culture as much as, as others, um, you know. You know, in particular, we traded when I was in New Jersey. We traded for Kovalchuk, unbelievable talent, but yet, you know, it upset the chemistry of the team and like the, you know, kind of like the structure of it. You know, because mm-hmm. he was so dynamic, and we didn't have so many dynamic players. But it was so things just kind of got you know shuffled around, and it ended up working out. A couple of years later, um, where you know they went to the Cup Finals and. You know, he was a big part of that, but you know that first initial um, kind of influx of of someone different that played a different style than everyone else was used to. You know, but again, awesome guy. You know, so again, no jerks per se. It was, you know, but when you read and and hear about it, and I've heard and and from other players and other other uh, situations, it really does disrupt a room. You know, one guy can really disrupt a room, and that can derail not only a stretch of a season, but a, a whole season if it's, you know, not dealt with in a proper manner. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, that's at the NHL level. And I think it, it it's the same way all the way down. I, I mean, I would say at the youth level, which we talk to quite a bit is, you know, very rarely do you find a, a, a kid that's a bad kid, right? It's a lot of time the parents are the ones that are the headaches and they can drastically influence, you know, other, other people on the team and, and can just disrupt things and it's, it becomes a nightmare for the coach. So I would always be leery of, of, you know, as a coach taking on families that could potentially be headaches um, and you have to manage those expectations properly. And, and, you know, I know we've talked about it before and having conversations with those parents and say, Hey, you know, your kid's a great kid and we, you know, we can, we can really help them become a better player. But if you're going to, you know, influence this team and, and be a headache for us, it's not going to work out. But no, I just wanted to get your take on that. That was a good article. It's, you know, I think I retweeted it. Uh, it's a, a good read for, for those guys. But before we get to our emails, Mots, I want to talk to you about Skitscott. Um, Skitscott's a new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skitscott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows you users to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. Yeah, great, great stuff. And, you know, as we talk today, we're going to be putting some uh, some content out there on on different social medias as far as on ice instruction. And Skitscott will be one of those. So um, definitely, definitely look, looking out for that. I'm, we'll be in the rank and kind of and be why, you know, like I wanted to talk about this briefly, but it was like, the you know, working on the skill set, but understanding why you're doing the drill and how you apply it to a game. That's kind of our message when we're on the ice with kids. And I think that's, it's going to be a, you know, useful tool for people to uh, 
check out on those uh, social media platforms. Yeah, we do have some things that are going to be coming out, which we're excited about uh, recording and, and getting those out on our social media platforms. Um, but let me uh, let's get into this first email here. Um, hey, guys, love the show. I married into a hockey family and admittedly don't know a ton about youth hockey. My son is six and made the Mites one team for the same organization he played on last year. He was recently asked to play on another team that a few of his friends play on. My question is, is that too much? He loves hockey, but would have to probably pick and choose between teams at multiple points of the season. This other team is probably a little more skilled and would be good for him, but he also wants to play for the old team. Is this too much too fast, and would it be a bad idea to make a six-year-old decide what team he wants to play for when schedules conflict? He wants to do both, but I could see it getting tough as both seasons get going. Uh, That's from Ryan. So thanks for the question, Ryan. Mots, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I don't think two teams is too much. You know, we talked about this before where, you know, if he's playing with his buddies and it's, you know, like a less of a uh, level, um, I I mean, again, you don't want to burn a kid out, but I mean, if it's five, six, you know, days a week, you know, because certain programs offer more ice, I think you just have to manage it. I mean, I don't know, like four times a week for a six-year-old, I mean, they're not like overtaxing themselves right now too much, but um, I, I just you'd have to just monitor his his energy level too, you know. And if if there's any hint of, um, hey, I don't really want to go, you know, you gotta you gotta take that into account. But playing with his friends, you know, making new friends on a different team, that's really the whole point, and exposing them to a little bit, um, you know, different philosophies from coaching and and just kind of seeing different things and just getting reps you know it's early but getting reps in different areas i think it's it's pretty important but managing it and, and keeping a close eye on it is is my advice but yeah i don't, it's, I don't I think, think it's too much yeah I, I agree especially i mean at six years old obviously he's still young he's gonna have he's gonna be fired up to go to the rank you would hope and like you said it's a it's you know it's a good time to kind of try it out and see if it works right at the might level um, I mean, it's almost like the pre might level. They're still they're still really young, so uh, I assume he's you know six, probably turning seven. But I would also just you know make sure you you know if if you are doing two teams, you know I still strongly encourage, especially at that age, and you know Mots, I know you do as well. But you know leave enough time so that he can play flag football on on Saturday mornings or um, you know, soccer or, you know, do other things too, right? Hockey's a long season and it kind of touches on all those different things. I always found that, you know, I just kept my kids playing in on one team because I wanted them going and doing, you know, they, they play in a great flag football league all fall. And I think, you know, the, the kids get so much out of it. Um, I know my, my guys really weren't that big into soccer, but I, I you know, that's not to say I, I still think soccer is a great sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's that's good advice right there. Just to kind of, if you can handle the scheduling of it and still make them be able to, you know, enjoy both and then go for it. Yeah, uh, you want to you want to get the next one, Mati? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, question here: What do you make of what appears to be parent assistant, often public Instagram accounts that often document the blow by blow training tournaments of a kid? Text written by parents sounding like the kid. Some of the videos are heavily produced with effects. Does anyone want to watch a small kid puck handling lifting weights? 
Is his psychologically <laughs> healthy for parents to be managing these accounts in the voice of the kid? Are there any future coaches going to, to question this? Or am I not helping my kid by not promoting him? We're talking 6 to 11-year-olds might squirt ages. Aren't these kids going to hate their parents when they get to middle school? Uh, I, don- I've seen it. Donkeys. Um, yeah, go hey, you, you I mean, I'll go there. like, yeah. yeah, huge. I think it's, I think it's crazy. I mean, we've talked about torch pro and, and the NHL guys and watching their videos and things like that. I think that's really cool stuff and things that kids can be watching and stuff, but no, I'm all set with watching, um, your kids stick handle through a bunch of cones or, or sitting in the backyard and you're, um, you know, you're, you're talking over his voice or, or, or however it's done. I think it's, uh, I think it's a little nuts at, at, yeah, I think it's crazy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I, I definitely do not think that any coaches, uh, you know, I don't think uh, Jerry York is, is tuning into some parents' Instagram account and watching videos of any 10-year-olds, you know, stick handling in their driveway. So I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think you're, you're, you're hurting your child and by not promoting him. I think uh, a little humble, humbleness is always good. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have them doing that stuff and working on their skills, but the self-promotion and, you know, whatever, it is like kind of out there with the social media, but at an early age, I think it's just do it for the joy of doing it. But, I mean, you can't deny the fact that that's how a lot of things are going now, you know. You know, yeah. you, you, you document, you document, and, you know, Dave, you, you mentioned, you know, you don't have to make content, you just document, and what you're doing and that's what you know these kids are doing and these parents are doing so it's it's kind of just the way things are trending but um i will say that coaches i think your dad should start like getting down and videoing you mowing your lawn and stuff <laughs> and get you a tryout at fenway i mean if we could ever get you working on the grounds crew at fenway for a day oh, that would be that would ticks, be though. yeah i know i could get you in the um, side door seriously I can't even get tickets. I was I was trying to go to Zach Brown Sunday. I mean, you would have been my hookup. Yeah, I could come in the uh, maintenance entrance, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. But um, <laughs> now that the uh, the thing about the, the, the coaches, the, uh, what about the, the are the kids gonna hate their parents when they get to middle school? <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I was gonna say about the coaches looking back. Um, I know, you know, it says uh, coach is gonna question this, but. Um, I will say coach Cavill, uh, at UMass had a little seminar with some kids, you know, I think Ryan was, it was last year, a year before 14, 15 years old. And they did talk about, you know, recruits coming up and looking at their Instagrams. I know it, it's not really relevant to what this question is, but I think it's so important to, you know, if they went back and they saw this and, you know, it, it's not going to negatively affect them, but you know, they start doing some stupid stuff, then, you know, it could negative negatively affect their future by, you know, posting something that's, you know, ill-advised, let's say. But, you know, posting stuff that is kind of, eh, to watch, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't want to watch you yeah, the, kid. You know. the, the college coach is going to be like, all right, yeah, the, kid, the kid looks pretty good, but the parents are the losers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. yeah so there's minus one. <laughs> right like 
Yeah. I don't know. That was a good question though. I like that. Uh, Question, another question here. Uh, we had two similar questions that basically are around the topic of parents being coaches in the in uh, the youth organizations, U15 and on up. Wondering if there should be independent coaches as well as what organization. Um, hold on. Wondering if there should be independent coaches as well as what can organizations do to attract more non-parent coaches? So we're kind of the the parent coach Mm -hmm. side of it. But I mean, I feel that we have more to give than just a regular parent coach. And, you know, sometimes some organizations don't have that luxury of having a, someone who has played and who's really into it. And they just have a parent that is, has the time, you know? So, um, you know, so the the question is wondering if there should be independent coaches. You know, if you can, a lot of times in Canada, there's there's paid positions for some of these. I was that's, that's what I was going to say is paid yeah. positions. Like I mean, we talked to Ian Moran last week. He said he's coaching the U18, the U15 Eagles. I don't believe he has a kid on those teams, um, and he's getting paid as an independent coach to do it. And I'm sure that. Most of, you know, even if there's guys like, you know, let's just say you and I, whose kids are on that team that were that were former players. And I know some of the guys that, that you know, are on those teams and guys played Division One hockey and were, were, were good hockey guys. They probably welcome a guy like Ian because he's, you know, he's basically a paid professional coach. But I think it's a case-by-case basis, right? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case when – if you have someone internally and as a parent, I mean, and they're doing a good job, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, you, you're almost lucky to have, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, looking outside to independent coaches, I mean, I think it's it's would be a good idea to maybe pull some money for the right guy if, you, if you're really looking. So, Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, that, you know, I, I think – you know, the, the easiest way to do it and to get a coach to, to be, you know, a paid coach is to get them, um, is, is to pay them. I mean, that's like you said, up in, in Canada and different places, they have non-parent coaches that are, um, that are paid. And that, that's probably the easiest way to do it. It's very hard to find, uh, a kid that, or, you know, or a guy that would volunteer to coach a team that his kid's not on. So, you know, but if I had the opportunity of some, you know, random coach that maybe played a little bit of hockey along the way versus Mike Motto. I'm, I'm picking Mike Motto all day long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just cause I want you, I just want you coaching my kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got uh, another question here. Hold on before let's talk about um, TSR uh, Mots. I know they just wrapped up their tent sale and those guys have done a, a great job, but TSR hockey is New England's premier hockey store store. And it's a proud ponch, uh, sponsor of the, the rink shrinks. TSR hockey is the hockey store that specializes in fitting TSR fits players correctly to the right gear and maximizes each player's performance. TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best this season by visiting www.tsrhockey.com. Uh, I know they had a ton of success success up at that uh, up at the tent sale, and it's great to see those guys doing so well. 
Yeah, great guys. Check them out. They do a great job at outfitting teams. And they also pop, uh, they have that pop up store for the rank shrinks. Make sure uh, you check that link out in our show notes. Get some uh, nice rink shrinks gear. Yeah, people are, uh, it's flying off the shelves. I talked to those guys today, and there's a lot of people buying swag. So get it while it's hot. Nice. Uh, uh, you get the next question? Sure. And we got, um, I've been coaching for about 12 years. My son, who's 20 now, was the last birthday to play full season, uh, uh, full ice mites in the state we live in. Before USA Hockey went to the ADM model, I'm just wondering if there are any results or information on how the ADM has improved the level for players. So I think that's a great question. I don't have any stats on that, but we, I mean, you can kind of look at some of the kids that have come through, um, you know, at the higher levels, obviously a lot of skill, a lot of, um, you know, it, it really promotes the in tight small area games, but I, I don't know, actually, you know, that that's, that's a interesting, you know, kind of, I don't know how you could really gather that data, but I mean, it would be, it'd be fun to kind of take a look and see, what type of uh, success before and after, you know, yeah. I mean, that would be something that we can do a little uh, homework on. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hard too. Cause it's a little, it is a little skewed. I mean, you look at, at, you know, a guy like Matty Beniers went number two overall. Um, he grew up playing around here and, you know, around the time the ADM started, but I know, uh, you know, he was playing a lot of full ice games as a, as a might, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, uh, oh, yeah, like he's a direct result of this, the cross-ice hockey, the ADM model and things like that. I think a lot of those guys were, you know, they they might have been utilizing the small area games and playing, uh, you know, a lot of those type of things and practices and, and, and doing some cross-ice type, type stuff, but they were also supplementing it and playing some full-ice stuff as well. Um, so it's definitely, I don't know if we'd ever be able to put – you know, a number to it. Um, I definitely think the skill level and things like that has gotten better. I think that, that, you know, you look at, um, you know, there's been a lot of us kids that are going, you know, in first rounders and, and, you know, getting drafted high. So that's, that it's good to, good to see. I think that they're doing a good job with it, but it's definitely, uh, it would be hard to actually put like percentage points or, or numbers of kids that were playing, um, you know, full ice compared to cross ice or half ice, whatever it is. What do you think about, so like these small area games that, you know, are being promoted, you know, so I'm just trying to think of um, what I, of like the trend is kids really trying to play a lot more one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Does the, So does the small area game actually promote give and goes and moving the puck or does it more promote stick handling around a guy? Yeah, it's hard to say because I think it, it – I mean, the best players, whether they're playing full ice or or cross ice, are going to, you know, especially at that younger level, are going to still be the guys that kind of go end-to-end and carry the puck and try to beat guys one-on-one and things like that. So, you know, but the the other guys, they may have to, to move the puck and make plays a little quicker. I mean, I know for – you know, we, we put out a little poll um, – I believe it was today on Twitter and, you know, 43% of the, of the people, you know, think that, um, you know, kids are becoming better stick handlers and, and, you know, 
handling pucks and and at the younger age group uh, without checking and things like that. And, you know, 57% say no, that they, you know, they like with the body contact and things like that. So it's, it, it, it really is. It's, it's hard to say. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I really do feel that there is such an emphasis on skill. Like now that, you you know, I'm, I'm scouting and looking at players, like instead of really using your players, we, we've seen it, and talked about it, but um, I think it should be encouraged. I mean, it still has to be coached enough. Obviously, some kids will get that concept innately and just and do it as a player. But you know, the, I think to get the full value of the ADM model, you you need to still promote the puck movement, and it's in, in a tighter area. I mean, there's a bunch of different games. I, I mean, this is just. You know, just thinking like a three on three, right. you know, you know, just a cross ice. But you know, there's de- definitely you know drills that you can construct that'll kind of force you to move the puck. But I still feel that you know, even in a three on three setting, you know, there's there's just a lot of individual play at a younger age instead of the move the puck, move to space, expect it back. Um, yeah, the give and goes and things like that. Yeah, so I don't know. I I was just kind of throwing it out there, but it just seems like it's tr- so. To kind of wrap it back to the uh, question was, I've noticed more individualistic play, and yep. I don't know if that's from the ADM model or just the way things have kind of gone. You know, as far yeah, as well, high end skill. And what have we talked about so much as kids? You know, so many kids think that they can go and toe drag and beat guys one on one and and things like that, as opposed to using their teammates and making plays. I mean, I think one of the things that we've talked about that frustrates us the most is is making plays and passing right yeah and you know buying time and creating separation and space for yourself so you know i i i guess yeah it, it, it the the individualistic skill i guess is being promoted more but the you know it, you know the way would like you said to wrap it back up the the actual team play and making making plays and making the players around you better is probably um not as good right yeah, up for debate. You know, up for debate. That's up for debate. We'll put it to the polls. Yeah, put it to the polls. What do we know? Uh, the next one here. Uh, we recently asked a question on our social media platforms uh, to get everyone else's take. I thought this was great. It was great to see some interaction uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but the hockey landscape has changed so much over the last ten to fifteen years in regards to the path from high school. Uh, slash juniors to college. What do you think created the change? We didn't hear you weigh in, Mots. What do you think? Um, I think that colleges have seen a model work with older players, right? So there's young flashing, you know, you know, the kids that are high end recruits, but for the bulk, everyone's kind of in this middle class and some of these schools have won national championships with older players who play a different game, heavier, more coachable, maybe have a chip on their shoulder because they got passed over by a school that they may have wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more mature, you know, in, in, in all aspects. Um, so I feel that that model has crept into a lot of programs across, you know, college hockey and that in, in that, sense like you have guys going from 
you know, high school to junior, multiple years of junior and coming in as 21 year old freshman. And so that trend wasn't there when I was um, coming through and it's slowly crept into that's almost the norm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that started kind of creeping in around the time of, you know, when, when, when I was at school, I would say was, was the beginning stages of it. Um, Right. So, you know, not to cut you off, I was just saying that, that it was probably you started to see it a bit more, I would say, as when, when I was getting into school. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's some great um, we, we really appreciate people chiming in and given we can just do a, a couple of rapid fire here. Um, some of the responses to this and, uh, you know, so a lot of people said money. But there were some other uh, interesting responses. The, the way the game has changed has changed to be faster, more competitive. Most high school kids need extra years to develop in juniors to make it to college hockey. Which kind of ties into your point. Yep. Um, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see how much student-athletes being able to profit off their image will change the appeal of college hockey. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was good. I uh, love what the USHL has done the past 15, 10 to 15 years. There's probably a correlation there. I think that's huge because the USHL was definitely, they didn't have their, uh, say, ducks in a row. It was just more of a, a league that kids would go on to just get a uh, like a last chance, last look. Now they're really, it's more of a developmental league with high-end players at a younger age and all the way through. So, yeah, you yeah. see those camps and things like that starting at even the younger age groups, which they they definitely didn't have when right. we were coming through. Yeah, no, so a great great job by them and their leadership. Yeah, um, and then another one was the wealth wealth of information and how um, much much how most of that information is unqualified. That seems to be what's changed. So when you have 12, 13, 14 year olds who have had it who have it and will probably be seen one way or the other when the best interest of the kid is to play with their friends, make some memories when that gets lost because of the armchair scout with his take on how it's best to be seen. That's where it all went sideways. Money is the easy answer. The hotter answer is we got away from what it, what is in their best interest at the high school age. That's, I mean, you kind of nailed it too. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of opinions out there what's correct, but the best interest of the high school age is to really enjoy their time. And we've talked about, you know, finding a good program and and enjoying your present time. And then, but moving on past that next step is if you have the skill set, you have the drive, you have the motivation to make it. Uh, step further so that landscape has changed and and i don't know if money is the answer the easy answer it's just one of these things that you have a different kind of path and things have changed but you know still enjoying your time in the present is really the the mo- you know what the main objective at times here and at the high school age you know making those memories but i think uh, i think i think one other thing is is the you know all of these youth hockey programs around the country now, for the most part, uh, depending on where you live, are big business. Um, there's mm-hmm. multiple teams and multiple, you know, it went from when we were coming through when there was, you know, a select 
uh, you know, let's call it eight programs in the state of Massachusetts, and then your kids played for your town or your, you know, maybe uh, tier two type of teams. Um, now there's there's multiple elite teams and super elite and all these different things, and it's all based upon that business, right? And people, you know, um, owners of ranks are, are you know, they, they're making money. Um, they need to fill their their ice time. The easiest way for them to control um, their you know finances are to control their own teams and run their own programs and things like that. So if it means slapping an extra A on a team, and instead of being a single A, they're now a double A, and it attracts more kids. It's it's all part of that that business business model, which you know ten or fifteen years ago probably wasn't it. It wasn't as big. I know when we were coming through the youth hockey levels. There, there wasn't that many teams. Yeah, it didn't exist. Yeah. So, so oh, this is a great one. I think you just have to get pucks deep and let the chips fall where they may from Ross yeah. Murray. There you go, Roscoe. It, Roscoe, just a, a, another great coach out there and also uh, a great leader in men's league. A great yeah. leader in men's league hockey. Blue you know, guy. He's, yeah, he's not afraid to take a slap shot at a 65-year-old's head. <laughs> The Clydes could have used them tonight, according to my team. He would have he would have fit right in with those with the ladies on the, uh, on my sister's team. <laughs> so um, Mots, before we get to our next one, you want to talk to us about cross country mortgage? Yeah, cross country mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing financing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devin and see if it may, makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may help you save on a monthly basis so you can put money away into savings or other projects. Check them out at chrisdevin.com and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage LLC NMLS number 47305. No, that's great. Devo and the crew, they're doing an excellent job, and we uh, we appreciate all of our sponsors, that's for sure. Um, the next one, Mots, you want to take this one? Yeah, what do we got here? This is uh, – I was talking to a guy at a softball game, and we were talking about how a bunch of kids on his son's hockey team always have the high-end equipment, sticks, skates, gloves, etc. My question is, at what age is it appropriate to spend the money on your kid for – the high-end equipment, and secondly, is the era of working with what you have dead and gone. Because growing up, I always had lightly used equipment and a wooden stick. Yeah, I mean, it, I think, you know, and, and and not to bring back one of our sponsors here, but you know, when we were talking to the guys up at TSR, um, you know, I'll give them a plug here, but, you know, they, they specifically said to us, like, we could get you in – you know, your, your 12 year old in a, in a dollars stick, as opposed to a, a $300 stick, that's actually going to work and, and be better for them and, you know, what they need out of the stick and, and things like that. So I think that's why you need to trust the people that you're buying the equipment off. It's not, you know, the, 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 the top, top high end stuff that you're paying um, astronomical prices for. I don't think you, you need to, I think it, you know, I grew up in the day of, you know, my father got coached high school hockey. He got free sticks um, for his team and we would take the, 
you know, the kind of half broken ones, like ones that snapped in half the old Christian brothers, not that they snap very often, um, the say no to drugs Christians. And we used them my whole life. I mean, I, I, I can't remember getting a new stick. I think my first new stick was like that. That Remember the T-Flex? Oh, yeah. uh, oh, I love that thing. Sweet. I did thing too. was unbelievable. I was probably, you know, I was probably at the time a, a, a peewee. And I mean, God, that was like, it was the greatest stick in the world. But, you know, I think the, um, you know, what did he call it? The working with you have is, is that dead and gone. Unfortunately, it's very rare. I mean, most of these kids are, are getting, they're getting what they want, right? Yeah. I do feel like, you know, when I was coaching the younger younger kids, as my son was younger, I thought they were more interested in the equipment than the actual skill of passing or you know listening or shooting. Mm-hmm. Which you know that could be the case, but I was like, hey, it doesn't matter what type of equipment you have. You want to be a good player. How do you become a good player? You listen and practice, and then you try your hardest to, to execute. You know, this is at a young age, and I think the flash and and the marketing of certain things and, and the pro players wearing certain things and kind of promoting different equipment can you know lend itself to wanting to look good. And you always like to look good, feel good, and play good. But yep. to some level, like it is, I just remember I had a broken, uh, what do you call it, um, bending branches. It was oh, like, yeah, I remember those things. It was like frayed at the bottom. I had no tape on it. And it was one of those games that, like, there was a photographer there, so they took a picture and my, my parents had it blown up for a Christmas present, and um, my son saw it and was like, "What is that?" Like it was like it was in Walmart, but it was like afraid at the bar, whatever. So it was just what yeah, I was, was using. Yeah, I was using what I had. But it, like you said, those, those times are gone, and you know, there's there is options outside of the high end stuff. But um, in what age? I, I think it, you know, equipment does make a difference. Um, you know, if you if you use the technology properly, you can shoot the puck harder, like 1,000%. That's one of the biggest things that I've noticed. Um, but other than that, I mean. But a lot yeah. of the guys, too, and remember Keith Keith talked to us about it was, you know, kids are using um, too big of curves and yeah. the wrong flexes and things like that. They're not, you know, they're not able to actually utilize the equipment um, properly. So I would I would definitely be wary of it. And in terms of the you know your your gloves and helmet and i mean you never want to go cheap on a on a helmet right but you you know you could get away with maybe using some cheaper cheaper gloves elbow pads like middle of the road type of stuff i don't think you need especially with no checking like you don't need to be spending you know the crazy money on the old donzy shoulder pads that are huge you know what i mean like you can you can find some kind of middle of the road stuff Dude, that, i had douglas yeah douglas uh, yeah they were football pads Remember i had them in pro and like the guys would give me such static about it they're like yeah they must were- be banned now they were they were the hottest shell <laughs> uh shoulder caps in the universe yeah they're like when's football practice months where are you going right to football practice from here right oh hey before we get into the last question uh you know we we're always talking about how important it is to play multiple sports growing up and not getting burnt out by too much hockey and keeping it fun. It's also so important to develop skills like hand-eye coordination from baseball or lacrosse, footwork and soft hands from flag football or soccer. Our partner Franklin Sports can act as the one-stop shop for all your equipment needs 
to play these other sports. In addition to street hockey equipment, they're offering all our listeners 20% off their entire website on sports equipment at franklinsports.com. Enter the coupon code RINKSHRINKS for 20% off site-wide through the end of 2021. Street hockey equipment, soccer balls, nets, footballs, batting gloves, baseball equipment, pickleball, cornhole, volleyball, and more. When the ice melts, we keep playing. Yeah, that's great. There was actually an awesome article about the um, uh, Adam Franklin, who's now the president. Uh, Franklin's been around now for 75 years. They're a locally owned um, company. They started in in Brockton. Now their offices are in Stoughton, and they've done an amazing job in adapting with the times. It was pretty, you know, some like I said, great article in the Globe. So I, you know, I encourage anybody to read it. They talked about you know how they started making batting gloves, and now they're you know they. I think it was. Uh, Who's the former player for the for the Phillies? Uh, was it Mike Schmidt? Mike Schmidt. Come on, it's your baseball guy. Come on. Oh, from the Phillies, the third baseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mike, Mike Schmidt. It was Mike Schmidt. Yeah. yeah, Mike Schmidt, and how they, you know, guys were using uh, golf gloves at the time, mm. and that's kind of how they got their start in, in making batting gloves. And you know, they've they've you know now become you know they're huge. You look at any Red Sox game, all these guys are wearing them. But what they can do um, is is really cool, and um, and all that stuff. So it was a, it was a good article. I think it was in last Sunday's uh, Boston Globe. We uh, we retweeted it from the account, but it was it was pretty cool to talk about Adam Franklin and the team and everything that they got going on there. Really really good stuff. Yeah, family business, uh, some longevity there too. Like I said, adapting to the times and and keeping it local, which I grew up probably two miles from there, and and enjoy uh, having them on as a partner. Yeah. What about not to uh, go back to that equipment stuff? But what about skates? Do you do you cheap out on skates or? No, I think the skates. I mean, I mean they're a little outrageous, but I, I mean you can get. You know, quality skate for not the top dollar, not the top price, but it's just—I don't know. I—I I don't. I think that's the one thing that you might need to. Yeah, know, I mean, I think that, I think some of the things are are you know if they're too heavy and stuff like that. Nowadays, yeah, it's you want I feel you want to get something that's comfortable and light and and works. Um, yeah, I would say almost like a blind fitting would be ideal. You know, like how they feel in the store—that'd be cool. Yeah, what about used? Can you get them? Can you get them used and rebake them? See, I'm never, I'm not a bake guy. I've never been a baker. I used to put my skates in the oven at BC, and I burnt like one of the. Uh, the <laughs> hey, you're still wearing them. <laughs> yeah. No, so I put them on. You know, like preheat the oven for yeah, like it was light. You know, like 135 or something. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. But, you know, I, I heated them on my own because there were no such thing as those ovens back then. Um, my father used to have us wet our socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah we used to way. wet the socks and, you know, go to the, the rink. And, I mean, nowadays you can – I mean, I remember when the, the Bauer Vapors first came out. I think I got them on a Friday morning. We played at BU that night. I wore them in pregame skate and wore them that night. Like, and, and I always liked, you know, kind of a stiffer boot and, and something that felt new. So, you know, again, it's more of a, a comfort thing, but I definitely think I definitely think you want to spend the money on the skates and things like that. It's expensive. And I always look to um, like last year's model, right? Like you could now is a time of year where the 2000, whatever it is, 21, 22 skates are coming out. So if you can get the high end skates from the previous year, um, 
little closeout, closeout, closeout deal. deal, things like that. You, you, you know, you, you definitely, they don't, they don't go old. That's for sure. My kids, right. I mean, my kids are getting hand-me-downs all the way. That's for sure. That right now. So <laughs> what it roll. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a Twitter question. If you could train with max resources for the next four years, what summer Olympic sport could you probably meddle in? What do you think, Mots? So I think we, I would have to say, uh, you know, pickleball. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about Franklin sports and what they offer. Yeah. You know, we, we could actually start really soon, BUI, double Listen. pickleball training. We would be unbelievable. Me with a fake hip and uh, just a gimpy, gimpy uh, gait. You'd yep. have to be. You'd have to be covering my back a little bit more than I. Yeah, I mean, I think two weeks ago, Franklin um, Franklin's pickleball was named the official ball of the of USA pickleball. So there you go, right there. We we would would definitely. Uh, we're aligned with the right company. I think we just got to get some practice. And I played once, and I wasn't. I wasn't that great, so I definitely need some some training. Well, we it's have not, four years. Yeah, no, and it's not yet an Olympic sport. Yeah, but it, we're hoping to get it in twenty twenty eight. All right, that's what it is. All so right. that that that's Franklin's goal is to be the uh, you know to be in the twenty twenty eight Summer Olympics and Actually, and we'll be wearing Franklin gear playing pickleball. That'd be money. Well, what what, else, what, what is that sport? game that is like basketball and you know they throw it. Like I, I saw it on. There was no volume on though. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah. The, What's it called? Um, it's the even... game we used to play as like a warm up, handball. That that's handball. Yes. Remember we used to do that as like a warm up back yeah, in the day. Yeah, but you can dribble it. You can. There's like so I couldn't really remember the. I mean, um, make out the rules. But those yeah, goalies so, are terrible. Yeah, they're awful. So if not, so if we can train max resources for the next four years, we could medal in. We'd have to get a good team and be, yeah. Remember, you can only take like two steps, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, we used to play at good old Ernie Butler. That was one of his warm up games for satellite program. What, what about um, water polo? I literally can't swim. Can, I can barely swim in the shallow end. I'm a <laughs> I'm a dunk and go guy. So. I was watching that last night, and it said the smallest guy on one of the teams USA was playing was like 6'1", 200 pounds. That was the smallest. Those guys are missiles. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, and they just, and they're they, shredding water the whole time. <laughs> yeah, there's no shallow one there. Yeah, and they reviewed, and the goalie's got to stand there, and he's getting balls whizzed at his head as he's treading water. <laughs> like, yeah, no chance. Uh, oh. I don't know. Handball might be one. We got to yeah. get pickleball in, and then we got to we got to up the train, and we got four years to do it. Oh, max resources. Yeah, max resources. We we'll move into the Stoughton um, Franklin headquarters. We we'll just be playing pickleball twenty four seven. We quit our would quit our jobs. That's a lot of pickleball. It's a lot of pickleball. But what about what about golf? I mean, the the amount you've been playing this summer, you should be able to, you know, you could Four probably. Four years, do, max resources, I, you know, a swing coach. You think you can figure I, out that slice in four years? <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know if I have enough time. Uh, Anything swimming, I'd be, I'm so bad. What about um? Like I can running. swim. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I can't swim, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not treading water. Like if. Track and field, any uh, events no. there? Terrible. 
<laughs> I can't jump. I'm not. I can't jump. I'm not fast. <laughs> rowing. Uh, rowing would be. That's a lot of hard work, and I'd have. I have no shoulders, so I'm. I'm already way behind <laughs> the eight ball there. Oh, uh, I don't know. Row the Charles kid. I know. That would get old, though. I think pickleball we could have fun with because it's like you're, you're competing against somebody else, right? Like, you know what I mean? We could, we could, we could have fun with it. Yeah, it's like I, playing I, tennis. Well, I know, but I would say, we, and would have to like travel around like the the globe in the next four years and qualify and play against other teams and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's upside on that. So. When they make it a baseball is not even an Olympic sport, Jersey Shore. <laughs> they they remove that. They is have, it? They have baseball. Yes, they're going to the finals. Who is? I haven't USA. really got into the Olympics. Katha Tappen took a picture with a couple guys from Rutgers University the other uh, last night. It was on her Twitter. So they're like they're not even pros. Yeah, we could. Yeah, some watch. of them you are could, pros. You could I, be playing third, no problem. I could probably be the utility infielder. Yeah. You're the Brock Holt of the crew? Yeah. The Brock <laughs> based, off, based off my softball game that I played in like three years ago, the St. Brendan softball tournament, there's no way I'm hitting a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, that's for sure. Well, maybe they can add a men's softball to it, and it can just be that high arc, low, like soft-pitch softball. That'd be pretty sick. Just make the fence like 350 feet so you really got to pump it out of there. Yeah, wood bat. Yeah, wood bat. Yeah. Absolutely. C- combat the uh, the technology. Rowing down the chows would be, would, I don't know, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't know. I think pickleball is our only thing because it's kind of like an old man. It's kind of like an right? old. Yeah, but it's going to get there. Right. The guys at Franklin. All right, so let's just start coming. training and just hope. I think that's what we do. There's already a tour and stuff. I mean, they're, they're, it's pretty big time. Well, we'll go to pick we, over in Hanover. I saw that the other day. I drove by it. Yeah. Uh, we could get by that. There's definitely some old lady leagues we could probably join. There's one in Duxbury here that yeah. it's packed all the time. So the, I'm sure there's action. Someone's taking action over there. Hey, we got next. Yeah, let's we go. Show up with that 20 bucks a stuff. game. 20 bucks I, a game. Bat and gloves. When I was on the JV tennis team at Cushing, I used to wear Iverson, um, Iverson high tops and uh, eye black and stuff, and we would wear like headbands. It was all hockey guys. It was absolute clown show. But we just went for the intimidation factor against like the young Cardigan Mountain and you know like the middle school teams we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even playing like the other like we were, they weren't even high school <laughs> losers. Oh, it was, it was a good time. What about like? If they could get wiffle ball in, that'd be fun. Yeah, I got a nice slurve. I learned yeah. it from the box. Yeah, I mean, I think we could. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully pickleball. Oh, Hopefully yeah. pickleball will be it. So we're going to put our, all our eggs in one basket there. We'll reach out to the guys at Franklin, see if they can get, set us up with like uh, some type of training facility, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we need a coach. We definitely need a coach. We'll see if like Pete Sampras is around or something can teach us some pickleball. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe because tech. I'm just thinking too. Like my knees are pretty banged up. You got the you got the new hip, which you're not. I mean, 
you're not bombing around too great out there. Uh, I can outthink them. You know, maybe- that's what I mean. I think it's a thinking man's game. We could use our, you know, our, our hockey sense could definitely transfer her over to the pickleball court. Uh, you know, maybe, you got to have pickleball IQ. Maybe, maybe Kev's uh, goalie is a pickleball master S72. Yeah, she's probably definitely in a pickleball league. <laughs> so we're going to employ taking, her as our coach. Taking her great-grandkids to the to the park. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come watch my pickleball game, honey. Uh, all right, well, we got a challenge. We'll see you in four years. Where's the next Summer Olympics 2028? Do we know? It'd be pretty fun. Paris. Yeah, Paris. Yeah. I, I took like eight years of uh, – not eight. Was it eight? French? Six years of French, you know? So I like, I like French fries. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's me- good. Me- mediocre French, you know. That, hey, that's the goal. And we were talking earlier about setting goals and aspirations. No one's going to stand in our way if we want to do it. Yeah, if somebody tells me if my if, – if one of my bosses or something like that tells me I can't do it, oh yeah, wait till oh, yeah. I'm the wait till I'm the most decorated pickleball player when I in the uh, oh we are because we're we're a team. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean Doubles. to get selfish there. Oh. Um, all right, well, Mots, I think that wraps it up. Don't forget, we got that merch for sale. You'll find it in the um, in the show notes. Uh, it's going fast. Uh, Rink shrinks twenty one dot item order dot com. Uh, backslash sale you can find that stuff and we'll tweet it out Uh, make sure you know you keep following us and tagging us on your instagrams uh, at the rink shrinks and twitter at rink shrinks fill up that the voicemail we got to get more voicemails coming ahead jersey shore reach out to your uh, trashy friends have them start calling in three four seven six shrink and you can always email us any questions rink shrinks at gmail.com but Mots, i thought that was good yeah, it's good. Good. Uh, a lot of different questions, a lot of different topics, and very enjoyable to uh, you know cover it all. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll see you next week, and we got a great guest already lined up. Where uh, we don't want to tease it too much, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time for episode thirty-one. See you around the rinks. Cue the rink shrinks shuffle, Dave. Let's go.